seven prowls. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Tell them you mean business for episode 188 of the Smash Accept podcast. It's the Dynasty Lawyers back in action. Obviously, we're no stranger to the Dynasty Lawyers, the man, the myth, the legend, John Hampton. How you doing tonight? Are you a victim of IR and your lineup is trash? Call up Smash. Get your questions answered at the Smash Patreon or call 444-4444. Hit them up on the fours and new to the Smash Lawyers, Mung. What do you got going on tonight? Has your dynasty team been impacted by injuries? Don't delay. Follow and DM the Dynasty Lawyers at Smash Accept today on Twitter or Discord. We'll get you top value for your injured fantasy studs. No hassle, no fuss, just trade advice on getting the value you deserve to still contend for a title this season or in 2024. I got to say, Mung, you know, between last week's episode, talking both quoting Lindsay Lohan and Obi-Wan Kenobi, to, to that commercial, you've been on fire, bro. That is awesome. That's amazing. I, I absolutely love it. So, guys, I mean, this week is crazy. Snoog and I just wrapped up an episode where we're talking about this is the time of year where, you know, if I'm rebuilding, I'm looking at the contenders team, who doesn't belong? You know, like if that guy's rebuilding and he has Adam Thielen on his team, I'm going to make that offer. Or if that guy's, you know, contending and he has Jackson Smith and Jigba, we're going to start playing around with some some trades and try to work that Tonight's episode's all about injuries, though, and we have so many of them from Week Six. I mean, John, you know, we're, we're smooth sailing Weeks 1 through 5, yeah. 4 and 1, and then all of a sudden this happens, and it's like, mm-hmm. what do we do? And I have so many people, their instant reaction is to trade their 2024 first, you know, and that's something you and I have, have really changed around since 2023 is these picks are so valuable. I put a tweet out there today. I mean, out of the first 12 picks, nine of them have gone up in value already. I mean, it's like trading that 2024 first, you've got to hold on to it. you got to have it in the right area. So we're going to try to work you guys through some trades. Yeah. But how awesome has this 24 class been, you know, to date? We're looking at things in college. Where I know you're grinding the tape. You're looking at things. Yeah. They're not disappointing. No, for sure. As your lawyer, I would advise that you don't do that. Yeah, we, we I mean, witnessing this 23 class just take off all these picks – have increased in value. I mean, we're, we're seeing some crazy things like Sam Laporta is, is now being considered as a, I mean, I'm seeing top three, top five dynasty tight end. Well, there's a better tight end coming with Brock Bowers in 2024, right? You like what you're seeing with CJ Stroud, who's now being considered a top 10 dynasty QB. In some cases, Caleb Williams is definitely going to be a clear step above that. I think you flashed that Sam Laporta might even be considered dynasty tight end one now. A lot of people. Yeah. Not when Brock Bowers gets here. I'm telling you now, as long as he lands in a good situation. Uh, so you, you remember before the season started, Dad, we talked about four guys that were elite players, Caleb Williams, Drake May. We also talked about, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers. All four of those guys have continued to solidify themselves as elite 24 assets. And there's we haven't even started talking about running backs. We're getting some props here in the show. I got my tie. I'm looking probably arguably better than the other two guys. Miami Vice style for dad It's here. true. You know, <laughs> I, I just broke out the blazer. That was actually my son that put on. We're looking spiffy. If you guys are normally just listen to us, make sure you guys go on YouTube this time and just look at us. 
I mean, we look great. Yeah, you know, come on, get Monk, in there, stream this, baby. Monk, but yeah, this is looking good, this 24 class. Bottom line, as your lawyer, I can't advise you to start selling your 24 picks. Don't panic. Listen to the rest of the show, and we'll give you some actionable advice here. Fantastic. The first guy we got to talk about, this is, you know, been one of Mung's darlings here. It's a guy that I love. He's been, you know, in the two games that he's finished, Anthony Richardson has been QB4 and QB2. Uh, he sustains a shoulder injury that, you know, is now reported to a grade three AC joint sprain. So this is his third game, you know, obviously missed one with a concussion earlier. Mm -hmm. X-rays on the shoulder look negative, but we're going to be without Anthony Richardson for a while here. Um, Mung, let's first start talking about, I mean, obviously the rest of the offense. Gardner Minshew came in. This is why they have him. He's a very capable backup. He keeps all the other wide receivers, you know, going in that area. They get Jonathan Taylor back, which, you know, if we're going to talk about lawyers, you know, I, I think there should be a lawyer out there trying to sue the Colts organization of like, hey, they get Zach Moss coming out here balling out and they just pay Jonathan Taylor. But talk to me about the rest of the offense here, Mung, because when he, when he stepped in, when Gardner Minshew stepped in, I mean, the offense didn't take a huge step back. I think the rest of the skill position players should be fine. Let's talk about that before we talk about Richardson's value. Not, not even fine. I would actually say that this might be a bump up for Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, and Josh Downs, right? Fewer rushing attempts by Anthony Richardson will now be taken over by more passing attempts by Minshew. So that's good in terms of volume for Pittman and Downs. And remember, preseason, we talked about one of the reasons we were fading Jonathan Taylor a little bit, even if he was healthy to start the season, was because some of those goal line rushes were going to be vultured by Anthony Richardson. Now, when you have Minshew in there for the next few weeks, that's probably going to be more targets and receptions for the running backs and more actual goal line usage. So again, I think a net positive, at least in the short term for these skill position players. Yeah. I like that mm -hmm. a lot, John. Now we got to look at what are we going to do with Anthony Richardson? Right. I mean, let's right. say it looks like it's probably three to four weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're able to go out there and buy what I've been advocating for everybody to do all off season, and you, you guys have talked about is, yeah. is get guys like Cousins, Gino, now Brock Purdy. You still get those guys for your late first. You can now get, you know, Gardner Minshew is someone that if a rebuilding team has him, you can get him for a pair of thirds and fill in the gap. If you're contending right now and you just lost Anthony Richardson, what are you doing to try to fill that hole? Yeah, and I think that's the challenge, right? Because a lot of contending teams also loved Anthony Richardson in his rookie mm -hmm. year. They knew they were going to have that floor with the rushing. And, you know, I'll just add to what Monk said. I mean, he is this big physical running QB. He has been knocked out of three out of the five games so far. It is his throwing shoulder. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think you could find some panicked contenders that can't wait another four or five, who knows, maybe six games where the Colts are cautious with and maybe Minshew. Magic comes back and he's winning games while Richardson is out. We don't know. So, I think you have to, as a contender, shop Richardson to the the rebuilding and punting teams and just sell them on, look, Anthony Richardson is still viewed as the top QB out of this class. Yeah, he's going to miss games, but that doesn't matter to you. You're trying to low, lower your max potential points, and so this helps you for the foreseeable future. What if you float him for someone like a C.J. Stroud, who's, who's looked pretty strong mm -hmm. in year one, and you're not really taking much of a hit? Um, in dynasty because CJ Stroud has, has really met or exceeded all expectations for him too. And over the next four games, I was kind of glancing at the schedule. It looks okay. Like we could actually have some decent production there 
for CJ Stroud and you still have a nice dynasty QB one. I think that's an interesting target, right? Mm -hmm. um, as a, as a contender that doesn't hurt yourself long-term. What do you think, dad? What are some of the other QB targets you'd be willing to trade for? Well, I'm going to play that from the other side because what I, I'm yeah. thinking in my head, you're always thinking contending. I'm like, how can I rebuild mm -hmm. this thing? I mean, if I have Stroud, I'm going to give you Stroud in a second for Anthony Richardson. If I have Justin Fields, who, you know, I've been saying everywhere, just keep him. But at this point, Anthony mm -hmm. Richardson is a is locked up under contract. Anthony Richardson is going to be that franchise yeah. quarterback. We don't know about mm -hmm. Justin Fields. So if you Fields, can flip, yeah. if you can flip Fields for Anthony Richardson and then two ways, right? You get zero points from Anthony Richardson for the next couple of ways, which puts yeah. you closer to Caleb like Williams. And then you move that way. Same with Trevor Lawrence. I'm even considering, you know, moving to Trevor. that area for Anthony Richardson. Uh, okay. Contending, there are a couple of guys that I'm just in love with right now. And obviously I talked about Brock Purdy. I don't think mm -hmm. you're going to be able to buy him too much right now. But Matthew Stafford looked good this week. Matthew Stafford with Cooper okay. Cutback is someone that you could still buy for an early to mid second. I think that's a, a, a decent mm -hmm. play in there. Mm -hmm. Minshew's a stopgap. Mung, when you when you deal with Anthony Richardson, if, if someone's trying to buy him off you right now, I mean, where should we be looking if you're somewhere in the middle? We talked about John hit the contending, I hit the rebuilding. Let's say you're somewhere in the middle. How would you go about if you have Anthony Richardson on your team right now? Yeah, I, I would consider we talk about tearing down a lot, right? But maybe tearing up because I think mm -hmm. Richardson has already ascended in value for most. And after a down week by, say, someone like Lamar Jackson, right, where if all you're doing is box score watching, not accounting for the all, all the terrible drops that his receivers had, Jackson should have had a phenomenal day against Pittsburgh. So maybe you can add a couple seconds onto Richardson and look to get Lamar Jackson, right, a similar prospect, more proven. And on the other hand, like you said, I, I like Stafford as a target. I think he's a veteran who's underrated right now. He looks sharp, and we know hopefully if Cooper Cup is healthy for the rest of the season, we've seen before that Stafford has top 10 fantasy quarterback upside, right? That season where they went to the Super Bowl, he was phenomenal during the regular season as well. And someone who I think is underrated as well is Russell Wilson, right? Mm -hmm. The Broncos stink. But this year it's actually because of the defense, whereas the mm -hmm. offense has been doing their part. Russell mm -hmm. Wilson's actually the fantasy QB nine per, in points per game through five weeks. So I, I don't think you're going to need to even pay a first for him in most Superflex leagues. So Stafford and Wilson are two uh, veterans who are cheaper that I would target. And again, sometimes you can tear up into that elite tier as well. Yeah, and I think with the Lamar Jackson thing, I mean, a lot of people have them dead even or really close. So you might be able to, you know, if you're contending, make that move. I like that one. Um, you know, Anthony Richardson is an elite level talent. John, we talked about this in the past. You know, he was the, we know Bijan has kept his value at the 101. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the 23 class because I put a thread mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson is one where we want to talk about investing in, you know, you did the rebuild, you did the one-year punt. Mm -hmm. yeah. These guys have, you look at Bijan Robinson has, has actually gained in value. Anthony Richardson yeah. now right. is worth two mid firsts and he was the right. 102 Bryce right. Young has increased just a little bit CJ Stroud is now a lot of people have him as QB seven or eight he's going from from the 105 106 two to two first get, get him you know so this this is that area where everyone right now like I said they want to be like well I'm just going to throw my 24 first out there and it's like take a real good look at your team because I don't want to come out to the end of the year and, and get to an area where you just gave up your first and it's going to be the 104 because I object to that. Yeah, you really have to be super careful with this. 
it did catch objection. Uh, we did Overruled. not advise that. <laughs> hey, John, do you concur? <laughs> I do not concur. No, so just be careful with this, right? We were we talk about these cycles that we go through in the dynasty landscape. We were advising to actually buy rookie picks on a little bit of a dip after rookie fever died down after rookie drafts, and as people start shifting towards putting points on the board and um, you know needing those veterans uh, back in their lineup, that was a good time to buy. Um, mm -hmm. So now that they've, I mean, the point the point here is. If you've got 24 picks, look at these cycles. Now is not a good time to be selling them, panic selling to try and uh, replace mm -hmm. James Conner, Anthony Richardson, Justin Jefferson, HN. Yeah. Uh, you, you really need to look at the, the cycle and know that these top picks that we're, we're going to be continuing to talk about on the show will likely increase in value. They're not all going to hit, but many of them will have a major return that we just discussed. So just be careful with these trades that you're you're looking at right now and and know that these picks will are guaranteed i mean the one true guarantee in dynasty is those picks are going to gain value all the way through to the rookie drafts for next year but again even after the drafts into the following season they could gain incremental value yeah, and Mung, I mean, we talk about knowing when to use that first if you're going to use it. Right now, I feel like there is such a – in the dynasty landscape, so many stop gaps you can get for a second. You mentioned Russell Wilson. I think you can get Stafford in that area. Even in the running mm -hmm. back position, you can get a you know a Kyron Williams, a, a Joe Mixon, an Aaron Jones. In the wide receivers, you can get Jacoby Meyer, Adam Thielen. I mean, there's so many – what I would call stop gaps in that get in the area where we used to say, Hey, I want to go invest in, you know, Justin Jefferson went out. So I'm going to go invest in Chris Olave. I'm going to go buy up for someone else. And it's like, sometimes you can just get that stop gap of a guy that can fill in for four to six weeks and keep you relevant. Yeah. If you want to go really gross, I mean, no one's going to be excited to buy Baker Mayfield or Joshua Dobbs, but they've been perfectly fine. QB twos and fantasy Dobbs was even a QB one through the first four games. So yeah. I think those guys are perfectly fine to get you through the next few weeks. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I tried to buy Dobbs in multiple different scenarios and people were wanting a 24 second. I'd pair, I'd pay a 25 second for him. If I needed that stop gap, I'd rather give up that than really try to pay up because until Kyler comes back and we don't have specific news, I mean, you're right. He's the top 15 quarterback, which is crazy to say. But <laughs> Plus, I don't think it's crazy to think that Dobbs may play himself into a starting role in 2024 somewhere. Yeah, it's possible for sure. Justin Jefferson, this one stung. I woke up today. Mm. I didn't even mm. realize it. And then somebody messaged me. And a lot of these, you know, these are my year one punts where I have Jefferson to, to build around and Richardson and A-Chain and all these guys. And I'm like, Oh, what happened? So that's why we're trying to take care of you guys with the injury lawyers. But Jefferson suffered a hamstring injury in the second half of the game with, with the Chiefs. He's now on the IR. So the timetable is, is, isn't, it has to be at least four games. We're not quite sure how long it's going to be. So Justin Jefferson is someone that you built your team around. You know, this is someone that I think a lot of people are messaging me and they're like, Hey, should I tear down off of Justin Jefferson right now? And it's like, man, this is four weeks in the middle of the season. This is not time to hit the panic button. If this was week 14 and you wanted to tear down to AJ Brown, you wanted to tear down to, you know, someone else that's going to put up similar type points, Justin Jefferson, this is your buy window for Justin Jefferson. If you can go out there and give up CD lamb plus to get Justin Jefferson, if you can give up 
Stefan Diggs in a first to that contender who's really worried about things. I mean, John, I, I know yeah. this this is a type of wide receiver. We talk about Jerry Rice. We talk about Randy Moss. And Justin Jefferson, I think, when it's all said and done, is going to be in that area. He's that special. Trading mm-hmm. him now is something you kick yourself for for missing four weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's a GOAT, no question. It's a really tough scenario because also of the state of the Minnesota Vikings, right? We know he's out for four weeks. They're definitely going to be cautious with him. I Studying up on this, he could be out six weeks just on the injury alone. But again, mm-hmm. the Vikings might actually be more motivated to tank at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. If you look at this, that overall situation for the team, they're not motivated to, to put Jefferson out there. And here's mm-hmm. the other thing. Justin Jefferson doesn't have the long-term contract lined up. Does he really want to get back out there on a season that's effectively lost? Mm-hmm. So Good point. Know, there's a lot of things to consider here. Uh, I mean, I, I think we're in a rare scenario where the best wide receiver of you know this current generation is not going to be gaining value over the next six weeks. And it's worth taking a shot especially um, for teams that had Justin Jefferson as, as a contender. Mm-hmm. That's, those are the folks that will start to panic when their centerpiece uh, is going to be out for an extended period of time. And I think that there is a real scenario, and I hate to put this out there because I have Jefferson on some teams, that he just doesn't come back um, for the foreseeable future. Right. And, and I had a lot of people messaging me that today. They're like, I think he's I think he's done for the year. And it's like, could be. OK, could but be. but we don't panic in week six. That's right. We That's go right. by it there. I mean, Mung, I know, you know, you've been huge on A.J. Brown, as have I. That would be someone that, you know, if you're going to tear off. But there you go. The, the interesting thing to me right now is I'm trying to fill in with Justin Jefferson and one guy that I think absolutely skyrockets in value over these next four weeks or longer is Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison has flashed. Yes, sir. KJ, KJ Osborne, I think, is a nice low-key buy. But I think Jordan Addison now, in my 23 article that I was putting together there, is worth a, a mid-first right now. I think we could see a scenario here where he rises up in value and shows what he's able to do with Justin Jefferson off the field and KJ Osborne has been very relevant and shown he's, he's able to do that. TJ Hawkinson's in there. Mo, what's the, baby. what's the biggest buy for you out of that is what's going on with the rest of the situation in Minnesota. Cause we know they're going to throw at an elite level. Like Kirk cousins is going to continue to chuck the ball. The defense is horrible. They're going to put up points. Who are we buying in on? Yeah. There's three guys that I sent out some offers for this morning uh, after all the news hit. Um, one was KJ Osborne, because I think a lot of people are in on Jordan Addison. He's going to mm-hmm. get hyped up a ton. And I don't mm-hmm. know that you're going to be able to get him for pretty cheap right now. Um, I would say you would have to pay a first plus a second minimum for Addison. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that he's going to be elevated now with Jefferson out, but mm-hmm. Osborne's been serviceable in the past, right? And he's still going to be playing a major, major role as the 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it, to Jordan Addison. And I think that this offense is good enough to sustain that. Um, But number two, I'd be buying Garrett Wilson. And for two reasons. One, he had a down week against a god-awful Broncos defense, right? Everyone expected him to explode, and he just didn't. But I think one potential trickle-down effect of this Justin Jefferson injury, if the Vikings are out of contention, is maybe we do see a Kirk Cousins trade to the Jets even though they have Aaron Rodgers, that's not out of the question, right? Because it just makes sense that they still need to get to the playoffs if they hope to even get Rodgers back. And then finally, kind of a cascade effect too, 
if you lost Justin Jefferson, maybe tear down from him to Jalen Waddle plus a first. Because with Achan out, it's possible that the Dolphins do go back to a more pass-heavy offense as we saw last year. And Waddle's been underperforming since he came back from the concussion. He might be someone that you could buy low on right now. Absolutely buy low. So if I'm rebuilding right now, I would, I mean, I'm I'm aggressively making moves for Justin Jefferson. If yes. I got to add, you know, yes. add something on top of Jamar Chase, I'll do it for two reasons because now mm-hmm. I get the better wide receiver and I lose the points. If I have Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, uh, Devontae Adams, those guys that, you know, I'm not, in, I'm not in contention. I am trying to aggressively go after that guy. John, you are, you know, notorious for those win now situations. Mm-hmm. So you have Justin Jefferson and I'm middle of the pack, right? And I'm deciding, I listen to the podcast. I'm like, you know what? I'm in the middle. I don't want to be there. I'm rebuilding. Tyree Kill and Stefan Diggs for Justin Jefferson. You take your two studs. I'll get my guy for the future. Would you be willing to do that? I definitely consider it. I would probably cry myself to sleep that night but I would consider it. You, you, we play this game to win and you know, that's my style. And you know, you're Justin Jefferson took you to a certain place, but you want to keep winning. I would not do it yet though. I would honestly wait for a little bit more information on both what is going to happen with Jefferson's health, as well as what are the Vikings going to do mm-hmm. for all the reasons I stated earlier, before you move a centerpiece, you want absolute maximum knowledge, mm-hmm. but those are the kinds of things I would consider I'd also be shopping him everywhere and try to create basically uh, a bidding war over Justin Jefferson's services to see, you know, what's the best possible combination you could get for your team. Try to get it insulated if you can Mm -hmm. start at the top. You know, you got Jamar Chase. Can you can you get a deal done there? Like you said, maybe um, a second gets tossed in. And then you're moving down to, I like the combo. That's a really creative idea that you just threw out there to get a couple of studs like that. So start start looking at that, start the bidding war and maximize the return you can possibly get before you make that move. So what if you're in an area right now, You again, you have Jefferson and I offer you, let's say we're going to throw out there, uh, give me Puka Nakua. Uh, who else we got to get? We'll say... Puka, DJ Moore in a first, you know, like we're going to have some of these scenarios where you're yep. going to be able to buy in. And I think you're going to mitigate risk by getting rid of some of those guys. For me, mm-hmm. the biggest mm-hmm. thing, and, and Mung, we talked about it, is like these stop gaps. I mean, Adam Thielen is the wide receiver 10. You can buy him for a late second. Nico Collins is the wide receiver 11. He's a late first, early second. Hollywood Brown, wide receiver 12. You can still get him for an early second. Gabe Davis is wide receiver 14, mid second, you know, maybe late second. Jacoby Meyer, wide receiver 19. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 20. You know, these are guys that are can fill in that gap until you need Justin Jefferson back. And then Justin Jefferson, I talk about this like Mahomes, Jefferson, Bijan. Those are ultimate trade pieces that if you need to get rid of them, you need to do the timing right and, and get maximum return. But there's a lot of guys that I think could fill in real nicely. Oh, that one's on Monk. Sorry, I was still muted there. Yeah, I mean, you have again, to invite to me, main silence. <laughs> As your lawyer, I would advise you not to say anything further. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, and you have to remember, too, that you can get a combination of these players, right? And again, I, I'm not sure the scenario that you threw out to John, right? Diggs and Tyree Kill. I don't know if that gets done because the odds are if they have those two guys, they're probably in contention, right? <laughs> Just based off of the first few weeks. Um, but I do think you're looking for those undervalued guys. Like you mentioned, 
Thielen, uh, Marquise Brown, who I talked about plenty this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is even without Kyler Murray. This is with Dobbs on our center right now. So just imagine if Murray does come back at some point. Um, Adam Thielen, right, the forgotten veteran. Um, and even, like I, like I said before, K.J. Osborne, I'd be targeting some of these cheaper guys who don't carry the same name value because even those underperforming guys like Alave and Garrett Wilson are still going to be pretty expensive. So it's possible to fill that hole for now without moving Justin Jefferson at all, except into your IR spot. I like that a lot. Um, let's move on to another key injury here. Obviously, James Conner, someone that I always bring it up. It was that show you and I did, Mung, two years ago. It was like, go buy James Conner. And now James Conner sustained a knee injury against the Bengals, did not return. He was replaced by Imari Demercado, one of my absolute favorite dishes when I go out to eat. <laughs> and this guy – filled in well. I mean, 10 carries, 45 yards in the touchdown. James Conner has been that rock solid guy for us from day one, you know, and I think this is an area where I think we, we start to see him down. Um, John, I want to come to you with, with Amari Demarcado. Is this a guy that Mm -hmm. we should, should be investing in someone that I, you know, in waivers, I got him in smash one. I got him in almost every league because it was like, okay, there is no backup here. I need you to tell me the truth. Yeah, you can't handle the truth. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I had to throw that. That's a nice reference for sure. Uh, keep them coming. So I do like if he if he is on waivers. I mean, I would put in a pretty healthy fab there, mm-hmm. right? And I I think that he is a serviceable pickup. They do want to use him in the passing game. I, I watched him on the field. He was finding the hole. We saw mm-hmm. some nice burst. And they're going to be playing from behind, so we expect that he's going to have some some healthy targets as well. Uh, I you know I think that Keontae Ingram does have a chance to get back, but again, neck injury on Ingram. That's not mm-hmm. something you want to rush back from. I'd keep an eye on that and maybe double down and see if you can just pick up Ingram off waivers. He's most likely on waivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I I will say this: there's a few other pickups, and you could probably throw a few more out there. I. If I could, and I'm a James Conner owner, and I'm trying to get through the next four games, I'd love to find a way to get someone like Roshan Johnson mm-hmm. on my roster. That would be a, a fun move to make for not quite as big of a price, right? Yeah. So, well, I um, think there's it, a lot of a lot of stop gaps. I mean, we're, while we're on right. the position, we we got to hit the Devin A chain. Obviously, yeah. is going. I mean, he's been CJ2K. He's been. Barry Sanders level, up. like yeah. honestly, these first first couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. and you know, Mung and I have been yeah. buying. We we had him everywhere in our rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. You were on to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you saw. I put a thing out there about Tajay Spears is the next. Yeah, line. yeah, that's you my boy. That, I credited you mm-hmm. on that for sure. Um, but it looks like he's going to miss some serious time here too. So similar yeah. to what we were talking about, let's 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 start thinking about some of them stop gaps. I mean, Raheem yeah. Mostert right now is the RB two. What? late second for him, you know, Kyron Williams mm-hmm. is the RB five. And I know it ain't pretty, but the volume is legit. So he's in done. Zach Moss is the RB six. I know Jonathan Taylor's back, but he's worth a, you know, a third David Montgomery, RB eight worth a second. DeAndre Swift. I've seen people still getting him for an early second as RB nine, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, RB 13, Robinson 14. You know, these are all guys that you can buy for a second round pick. Don't go out there just throwing a first round pick, trying to even Jerome Ford. I mean, these are guys among that we always talk about that next guy up, having those guys ready. 
Demarcado is that guy to to jump in there. But there are a lot of cheap stop gaps at that running back position if you lost A-Chain. Yeah, we talked about Jerome Ford a few weeks ago. I'm still buying him. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people were disappointed when he had a really bad week against the Ravens with a DTR under center. And it sounds mm-hmm. like we may or may not get P.J. Walker in week six, so maybe another down week for the entire Browns offense. Um, but he, the volume is going to be there for him. And I think that Watson, it doesn't sound like a long-term concern with him. So once he's back and the offense is functional again, I like Ford as an every-week RB2. Um, and then going to another AFC North guy who is super cheap right now, Justice Hill, right? He had a touchdown against the Steelers, but more importantly, he seems to be the passing down back there. And in PPR formats, I think he's a weekly flex, if not RB2, if he starts to take on a little bit more of the carries as well from Gus Edwards. John, I mean, A-Chain, from your, from your college scouting, you know, we were – had him back and forth RB3 to RB5 in this year's class. And, you know, there was a lot of worry about his size. So I love what I've seen, right? And I have shares everywhere. Mm -hmm. And he's been the most electric running back in football. You can't argue that. Like better than anyone when he's touched the ball. I mean, he's just been an absolute, you know, firecracker with the ball. Should we be concerned about his size? Because that was the that was the issue all along. Is this mm-hmm. an area where because he went down, you consider trying to the gap between him and, and Jameer Gibbs? He's a lot of people have him above Jameer Gibbs, ta- you know, value wise. And the gap between him and Bijan has gotten close to a point where it's like you can add a little bit in there. If you had a chain and you're a contender, are you are you mm-hmm. selling right now? What are you trying to get? And how would you go about doing that? Yeah, I, I would consider it for a couple of reasons. Because his value has skyrocketed, you mm-hmm. can absolutely capitalize on it. And I will just come back to your question on the scouting. I mean, there were people that were concerned about his size. We frankly weren't as concerned. If you look at the type of injury, it wasn't from like wear and tear and, and taking a big kid. It, it, it was his knee. Um, but look, I do think that, that perception is still going to be out there some. And imagine that he comes back and gets hurt again. Then he starts getting this, this tag of being injury prone. Mm-hmm. Like he can't stay on the field. Those scenarios are out there and it could derail HN here a little bit, but um, look, I think that you kind of want to take advantage of some of those perceptions. We weren't really ever overly concerned about his size because he's doing things on the field that just nobody else can do. The speed is incredible. I do agree that, that, um, Tajay as a side point is kind of HN light, mm-hmm. but if I'm a, if I'm a contender, I, I, I got to consider trying to, let's use the term trade high capitalize on the return. If I'm in a situation mm-hmm. where he was my RB two and I'm in a tough spot, you have to consider moving him. I mean, it, it, it's not a dumb thing to do to, you know, buy him at the end of a rookie first and sell him for what two firsts. He's going um, I mean, for maybe, two first right now. I mean, I was talking with yeah. Zoltan. He's moved him all the way up to his RB3, you know, and I was like, I'm not at a point where I'm, I'm going to put him, putting him, that I'm not putting him above Brees Hall or, yeah. or Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to put him pretty close to Gibbs right now based off close. the way he's played. Mm-hmm. Um, Mung, I'm going to look up some completed trades for him, but I want to I want to talk real quick because I know he's been your guy. Like, John's and I were, you know, if you have him, you at least kick the tires and see what you have. If you don't, are you going out and buying him right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I moved him up to, uh, you guys can find my updated dynasty ranks on Fantrax. He's currently my RB9 
Um, so just behind Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, just above Jameer Gibbs and Jonathan Taylor. So he's at a point where I think it's very interesting because he doesn't need 20 touches like some running backs. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. He doesn't That's need right. the volume per se. He doesn't need to hold up to a big workload. And I think Mike McDaniel is smart enough not to give him a huge workload, mm -hmm. right? Because he wants him in those high leverage touches where he can break a long touchdown on 10 touches a game, 15 touches a game, something like that. So it, it doesn't really matter how involved Mostert's been to me. I don't think the MCL sprain or whatever he's dealing with is a factor in or is because of his lack of size per se. Those aren't the kind of injuries we're worried about with him. I think that's an injury that would have happened to any running back if he got tackled awkwardly. Um, we see the high ankle sprains crop up in similar mechanisms on those types of tackles. So again, I, I think people will say, look at the size concerns, but the type of injury that occurred has nothing really to do with his size. I like that. I mean, that, and that's, that's where I'm at is like, if I'm, if I can move up to Bijan, if I can get myself a Christian McCaffrey, if I can get, you know, even Travis Etienne in that kind of area, but we don't need to actively go out there and just kind of throw that out there and try to get trades. I mean, I think, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. And the, the, the biggest thing for me is the rest of this offense. So Raheem Mostert, mm -hmm instantly becomes a top 10 play again. I mean, I think that's the, the biggest thing for me is that's the stopgap. If you didn't have him before, go get him. And and this is a time of year where you, we don't want to be in the middle. You want to be top three, bottom three. Look mm -hmm. at the teams because you know Demarcado, you know Mostert. Some of these guys are going to be on teams that are two and four. Those guys that are about to take right. that dive, go make an offer and try to get these kind of guys because I think – John, I think the wide receivers are going to be fine, but I think Mostert really gets a big kick here. Mostert, for sure, I agree. Top 10 play, and we already saw kind of what um, he's been able to do. I mean, he had the four-touchdown game. So, I mean, as a contender, you could still buy him. I think you were saying a second-rounder. I'd absolutely be comfortable um, even maybe packaging a second and a third if I think they're late. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd consider that. The other thing I would do in, in either situation is go pick up Jeff Wilson who's been on IR, maybe even stashed him in an IR slot or whatever, pick him up for mm -hmm. what a fourth or you know, like some other type of player, get him in as a toss in. Um, because I think there is a scenario while a chain is out where McDaniel kind of wants to keep Mostert fresh. Mostert's mm -hmm. had some injuries and it's possible that Jeff Wilson actually could become the goal line guy here, or it's just a committee and they, they kind of work Wilson back in, and he's actually putting up points in this high octane offense. So those are, those are some other things to, to consider there. I'm glad you said that because that was my biggest thing is like go out there and get Jeff Wilson for a third, the mm -hmm. at, late third as a contender. Yeah. I mean, is no you want a piece of this offense. Mung talks about it all the time. It's like that next guy up. You want to make sure we're we're going out there and and making that you know offer. And now with a chain there, I mean, do we see? Tua's numbers take a spike here, Monk. Do we see it where, you know, instead of a two-headed running monster all the time, that there's going to have to be a little bit more passing? I think Tyreek maybe too. Yeah, and like I said, I'm buying Jalen Waddle wherever possible because some of the same ways that they used A-Chan near the goal line, right, on those misdirection type plays, well, we know that Waddle is a similarly explosive player who has that short area burst, and I think we could see some more manufactured touches for him as well. Uh, I guess the other guy we would look at in that area, I mean, 
you know, Salvin Ahmed, still someone that would possibly be in that area. I don't see a lot of value here, but you just throw him at the end of the roster. Um, I want to talk since we got the guys here. Obviously, one more one more key injury here, and that's Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey bangs up the ankle here a little bit. John, this is your guy. You know, Travis Kelsey's been someone that obviously has led you to multiple championships. I had a lot of offers for people like mm-hmm. – Talking Kelsey for Laporta, you know, move into that area or Kelsey okay. and Mark Andrews. I mean, is Travis Kelsey that that still that same guy? Are we starting to see a little bit of, uh, you know, an injury week one? And now we got another injury here. Are we in, in an area where Travis Kelsey might not be as reliable as he once was? Yeah, I think that, that that's got to be in now in the, the mind of every Travis Kelsey owner. But. I do think he's going to practice. I think he's still going to be okay. He's still clearly the the far and away the number one target. And so I, I'm not selling him for too much of a discount on contending rosters. Mm-hmm. He still could be kind of, let's just use the term league winner down the stretch in that offense. I mean, we're in week six, right? They're going to be super careful with them right now. They're winning games. I think when you get around to the fantasy playoffs, Travis Kelsey is still going to be the guy that you want is going to help you win a lot of playoff games, especially in these tight end premium leagues that we have, but come on, let's be real about it. Like at some point, even Travis Kelsey, who's young enough to land Taylor Swift, (laughs) he's still getting up there in age. Right. So I think um, as your lawyer, I need to advise as you start to consider some moves where you take advantage of it. If you're not a top three team and you're sitting there with Kelsey, you may want to start, kicking the tires. I do like, uh, see if you can get a Laporta and change or a, you know, a top four uh, pick packaged in a deal where maybe you're getting Brock Bowers. Um, again, in these tight end premium leagues, it's really hard to replace Travis Kelsey's points on a week to week basis. So you kind of have to do the math and convince yourself that you can get something in return for your roster. That's going to keep you contending for the next couple of years. So that's kind of my, uh, legal advice I would give on that one. I love that a lot because a lot of people really want to have, I mean, Laporta's had an absolutely elite start that no one's really had. really has. Oh, it's amazing. That no one's yeah. there. So, I mean, we almost, he's what we wanted Kincaid to be. Yeah. You know, that's where he wanted there. And I, I think you have to add at least, you may at least a 24 second on top of Kincaid, if not a 25 first to get to Sam Laporta. That's what kind of, what kind of talk we have people going. So it's mm-hmm. been, it's been crazy. Let's jump into, let's jump in some trades. Cause we have the, the discords on and popping. We got a lot of guys submitting completed trades. I want to get some of your opinions here. Uh, first one was sent in from at NP Fleming. We have Travis Etienne and Josh, and uh, Josh Palmer or Raheem Shahid and two 25 firsts. Which way are you going here, Monk? 12 team. That's pretty fair for ETN. Um, Palmer doesn't factor in uh, a ton into this trade, nor does Shahid. So basically two, two 25 firsts for ETN. So I think it's fair for both sides. I like it. Uh, John, the next one's for you. This one is, this says a collapse for Caleb. And this has been the thing. And I want to talk about this a little bit because everyone's doing it right like mm-hmm. we, we perfected the rebuild process here everybody wants <laughs> that well i got like yeah. some major analysts were like yo dad's trying to teach people to cheat and that's not what it is is like come on now hey forget as your about lawyer <laughs> we can, we're not gonna advise you to cheat what well, this is my cousin Vinny. no but like 
we have this scenario where you can you can collapse for Caleb. And I'm seeing, John, there are like three or four teams in most oh, of my yeah. leagues that are yes. all trying to go to that. So I, I want to yep. spend a couple minutes here is like, how do we do this? Right. When everyone's trying to do it there, are, like when this first started, right. When we started teaching the rebuild process in our leagues, it was like two guys would do it. Maybe one, one perfects it. The other guy's trying it. Now I'm seeing in almost all my leagues, such a disparity or discrepancy yes. between the top and bottom. And I think there has to be some value taken out of that because it's like, if you're a contender, if there's three guys that are trying to get out of it, go start, you know, picking off like the vultures would, you know, start taking the meat off the bone, just go out there and get it. Cause these guys are trying to give you value. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we got to zig when others are zagging. We got to figure out how to make this happen. And so many guys are like, how do I remove more points? And there's a certain point where you literally have handicapped your team. So You're doing far. more harm than good. Yeah. Right. There's, right. Like there's, it's not just there's a lot of mistakes of everything. that you made. Yeah. yeah. Well, number one, I mean, I'm usually in a contending situation. You have to take advantage of those teams, right? When there's maybe three, four that are vying for the one-on-one you're making offers every other day. You're trying to mm-hmm. like, clip off existing value that they have on their team as they're trying to lower their, their max potential points. So, uh, you know, I, I think that for sure I'd, I'd be doing, but on the other end, you can absolutely go too far. I think that the, the real key to do all of it is try to be as liquid as possible with as many rookie mm-hmm. assets, not just 24s. You're looking at 25s and you basically just have to build your team around rookie picks, leaving, very very little value you're looking for injured players on your team um, that that will still have mid to long-term value Mm -hmm. and you you really have to convince yourself are each of the moves that you're making adding more mid to long-term value can this thing i'm trading for still accrue value over time versus just trying to dump points off your team right gotta be careful that some of the the stuff you're trading for may not actually be gaining in value anymore and you just get to the point where your team is so bad that you don't, you can't recover. And right. so I have seen that happen. And the classic number one rule never to violate uh, if you're in a Smash League is definitely don't tank without your own first pick. I've actually right. seen this now in Smash Leagues and it drives me crazy where teams are so bad. There's no, there's they, no end in sight. They don't even have their yeah. own first. They're not getting that 101. They're gifting it to some other team. And that's that's kind of hard to watch. And I think that the tricky part is, I mean, people look at the the two rosters that I've I showed where it was like with the Thanos gifts, and it's like, hey, these teams like this wasn't just let's get as bad as possible as quick as possible. That's Everything right. we teach That's at right. Smash Except is strategic. It's like if I was trading Jamar Chase, I'm getting Devonta Smith in two firsts because I still have a piece to go with that. Like I want to have a team That's in right. place because if you have Caleb Williams, but your best player on your roster is, yeah. you know, is like honestly is tank Dell. Okay. Then you suck. It's going to take five years. Like we teach a two year process and how bad is it? I have a lot of guys messaging me. Like I should just unload this guy, unload that guy. I'm like, how bad is it? If you get Marvin Harrison jr. You know, how bad is it? If you get Drake may like, yes, Mm -hmm. we want Caleb Williams, but there's also a scenario where he doesn't come out because of the, you know, because of the money that's involved. So it's like the collapse for Caleb is awesome. We, we, we're all mm-hmm. about it, but at the same time, don't do it to handicap your team. Like don't crush it. Sorry. I had to get that in there. Yeah, no, no that was a soapbox. Right. This particular trade is Justin Fields, a 24 first and Will Levis or Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Javante Williams, 
and a third. This is sent in from Improve. I thought if this is – now this was a deal that made just before, but I think Justin Fields here is an absolute smash except. Run, run the whole thing by me once there was a lot of parts Justin, of that. Justin Fields and a 24 first or Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Javante Williams and a second. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely solid on the Justin Fields and the 24 first side of that. Um, I do think that some of the assets on the other side could potentially gain some value. Javante apparently is starting to look healthy and could come back as early as this week. Sorry, Jaleel McLaughlin fans out there. Dude, he Javante, looked good. He did, he though. Good. He did look really good. And I didn't uh, – I mean, as an undrafted running back, we didn't talk about him enough. I'll, I'll own that. But, um, yeah, I think that that side of the deal could gain a little bit of value. Uh, Daniel Jones, it, it, you know – really bad time to be trading him. So if mm -hmm. you're dumping those kind of assets and picking up Justin Fields with a 24 first insulation, I definitely like that side of the deal. Got a couple trades on Twitter. I wanted to talk about based off of our situation here. Mung is this one sent in from at the dynasty principal, uh, CD oh. lamb. Yeah. You're going to the principal's office. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be a You gotta make sure your lawyer skills are, are fresh for that. You know, um, CD Lamb or Jordan Addison in a late 24 first. Twitter has this one almost Ooh. dead even, and I'm Ooh. blown away. I'm blown away. Wow. Yeah, I would uh, I would smash Addison in the first there. I, I think okay. we're starting to see uh, some of the issues crop up with uh, the the Cowboys offense with Kellen Morgan. Um, I think there were issues even prior to that blowout to the Niners, and I think the talent's still there for Lamb. I'm just not sure that the supporting cast is there. Um, who knows if McCarthy and Dak Prescott are here in a year. And mm -hmm. uh, personally, I, I think Addison's value is going to rise anyway over the next three to four weeks. So I, I would take that deal now. You know what I will add to, like, the one thing that's starting that I just didn't realize on the 24 classes I've been studying it, the wide receiver class is loaded. I mean, there are so many guys coming out that I'm excited mm -hmm. about now. Uh, some of them have kind of snuck up on me like, Keon Coleman out of Florida State looks like a, mm -hmm. a true alpha wide receiver that very few people were talking about because he transferred. Um, uh, Rome Odunze out of Washington. We, we've talked about Ibuka over at Ohio State. Xavier Worthy out of Texas. I could keep going. There are a ton of wide receivers. You're going to be able to get some of these guys in the late first, early second range, even in some cases. So in this deal, Jordan Addison and a mid first where you're going to get one of these ballers. If you want to replace kind of two wide receivers with that CD lamb asset, it is kind of worth considering. It's just amazing to me what's going on there in Dallas. Um, mm -hmm. Really bad time to try and trade um, Dak like we saw in the previous trade and CD lamb right now. I would I'd kind of wait to see if they recover a little bit first. If it's a late first, I'm buying CD Lamb for this. If it's mid, we'll start talking a little bit more. But I still okay. have CD Lamb as a top yeah. four dynasty wide receiver. But your point with those first, yeah. Now is this time where you know another trade sent in here from uh miserable Seahawk fan. Uh, you know, he, he tagged a bunch of us in it. He said Derrick Henry, DJ Chark, Alan Lazard, KJ Osborne, or a mid 24 first and mid 24 second. That's a smash. This is a time here where if you can get a first for a guy like Derrick Henry, you do it. If you package up, picks. if you package up, maybe this is this guy had Jefferson. He's throwing Osborne in there. You throw Thielen in there. This is a time of year, Mung, where you know you you're, you're tr people are trying to score points. 
if you're not in contention, you're trying to unload those points. You're trying to say, this is my last chance to get rid of Derrick Henry, as sad as that is. This is my last chance to move these certain players. Yeah, the only caveat I'll say is, you know, I was low on Henry in the offseason, but if you're 5-0, and if you're 4-1, and and you have a strong team where you don't have to start Henry right now, I would consider buying low on him because the value really has shifted the other way on him. Mm-hmm. Where if you can get him for just a single second at this point, there is a possibility that Tennessee moves him prior to the trade deadline. He ends up on a contender uh, that may or may not suffer a running back injury over the next few weeks. So that's the only thing um, that you can potentially zig while they're zag on Derrick Henry. John, he's been your guy all along, but I mean, Tajay Spears has eaten into that every oh, single my week. My yeah. question is, and I put a big Spears out th- thread out today, um, you know, my man. From, from Brittany to Tajay, I love the Spears. No, that's a little bit old school. That's not you can you should object to that one. That's old school. Um, but I need to know what you're willing to pay for Tajay Spears because you know you turned me on to him. I was buying him from 208 to 212. All mm-hmm. my drafts, I have him everywhere. Is he worth an early second now? Is there an area where he's almost worth the first? He's looked electric. If Derrick Henry yeah. goes down, he could be a he could be an RB one down the stretch. Yeah, he, he really has looked so good. And remember, he's out-touched Derrick Henry. I think that one of the things that's kind of holding him back is just the overall Tennessee offense and just the presence of Derrick Henry. But do we really think that Derrick Henry is going to be on this Tennessee roster that much longer? So look ahead one step. Is Tajay Spears worth an early second? I think for sure he is. He looks explosive mm-hmm. and he's healthy. I mean, the concerns that reason he dropped in drafts was <laughs> the guy doesn't have an ACL. Okay. Seems to be playing fine without the ACL. Um, he was a Matt Waldman favorite. Yeah. Who needs ACLs? Uh, I, I think that he's, he's shown that he can get, get it done. And he's had, he, you know, had his first touchdown mm-hmm. of the year this past week, we broke a big one. So he, you can see that he's got the, the ceiling weeks. He's totally capable of hitting the big play. And so I, I'd, I'd be considering if you know for sure um, your first is late and you want to send that for Taji, maybe get something packaged in there. I, I'd consider that because of the future. I think it's really bright for this kid. I think the Tennessee team loves him. Mm-hmm. They're going to figure things out. Um, that offense, uh, if you look around, he is the playmaker there. Although I will say old, old Nuke looked pretty good this past yeah. week. Um, they they know that Tajay is going to be kind of that dynamic playmaker in the offense. And I think that if you look at the state of that team, they have every reason to kind of see what they have with this kid, get him worked in more and more in the offense. Whereas, you know, Derrick Henry is just not going to be the long-term answer there in Tennessee. I like it. You know, I'm willing to give up a second plus a pair of seconds. If I know, okay. if sure. I know, no, no, that this is going to be even a contender for two years, maybe a 25 first, and I'm starting to get there. I want to lead that into the next question for you, Mung. At Dynasty Grill, at F, he's a great guy to follow on Twitter, put out a poll. Devin A. Chain or a mid 24 and 25 first from the same team? Um, Man, that's tough because if it's it, late, it's a smash, right? If it's random, it's a smash. If it's truly mid, that's where I think we start to get into an interesting situation because how many running backs are worth two mid firsts? And to me, it's like Bijan. Yeah, that, that's really that's, tough because I, I would say it. that's pretty much where I have HN ranked. Um, 
if it really is going to be a mid first plus a 2025 first, I think I would take the picks despite how high I am mm-hmm. on him. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. a, mid, a mid and a late. If it was that, I think that's dead on. But two mids feel like that's probably an overpay. And that's just like yeah, we I mean, talk the about 2025, with the process. It, it, you can't really project that far out. But with the 2024 being fairly early, um, I, I would say this. I would lean the picks, but I would also take a good look at that team's roster, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure he didn't – maybe he's one and four or something, but make sure he didn't just get Cooper Cup back or something like that. John, this one's going to blow your mind, but I got a dynasty poll here straight up. Dynasty okay. Superflex. I love Brock Purdy. I mean, I love him. Kyler Murray or Brock Purdy, how close do you think this one is? Closer than I'd like to admit. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's 55, 40, 46. I, I had a feeling. In favor of yeah. Brock Purdy. If you have Brock Purdy and you can kick the tires for Kyler Murray or, you know, kind of get into that scenario, like, Man, I mean, Purdy's been phenomenal, but I, I think that's just a, an easy way to win in Dynasty for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that we've gotten a little bit carried away. I, I still don't have Brock Purdy in, like, my top 10 QBs in Dynasty, maybe top 12. I, if I could get Kyler Murray, I'd for sure do that. I mean, he he really is. I mean, I have Purdy on quite a number of rosters. and <laughs> Sadly, I maybe even sold low. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought I was doing really well to get a first for him. Uh, but yeah, he's he's definitely gained value. He's got a really nice floor apparently in that 49ers offense, but he does not have the ceiling and the upside of somebody like Kyler Murray. So if you can take advantage of some of the the hype around Purdy and, and get a guy like that, I definitely consider doing it. I, I'd I'd be shopping Purdy right now, frankly, based on that poll. Yeah, and that was I mean we were buying him in the off season, but right now there there's a huge overreaction. And and I think we do this every year. We do. do. We're like, okay, this guy's playing really well. This is the kind of move that we need to make. So, you know, the injury lawyers hooked you guys up. We talked about all the different, you know, scenarios, all the different stop gaps, all the different ways to trade. Obviously you can hit up any of us. So, you know, and, and check our, check out all of our content, but we'll start with you, Mung. Uh, Tell everybody where they can find you, what you're working on, and maybe one more guy to just go out there and under the radar, just try to pick up. Yeah, you guys can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Uh, all of my dynasty rankings, both one quarterback and super flex, are over at FantraxHQ.com. And I'll leave you with Jordan Mason, who I talked about a yes. lot this offseason. Um, Eli Mitchell just never seems to be able to stay healthy. Mason's had some health issues himself, but seems to be uh, the number two, at least when Mitchell's out. And even if McCaffrey were to miss time, knock on wood, I hope McCaffrey stays healthy. This is a fun, fun 49ers team to watch. But if McCaffrey were to miss time, I do not believe that Mitchell would be able to handle the workload. I think we'd see a healthy dose of Jordan Mason at some point. John, it was it was a blast putting the uh, putting the old attire back on, getting the injury lawyers going. Um, anything that you're working on and, and guys that you would be targeting right now? Yeah, there's a few that I'll toss out there that I would, I'd be targeting. Um, I, I already mentioned Roshan Johnson. Khalil Herbert is going to miss some time, and I really like Roshan Johnson's talent, actually even a bit more than Herbert's. And I think that once he has a chance to show out a bit more, that he could increase his opportunity there in Chicago, and they are looking better as an offense. I think Kendra Miller is uh, still a nice buy low because uh, with, with AK back, 
he's just, you know, not, kind of getting forgotten. He actually, I think he put up 90 total yards on the ground despite that. And he's getting healthier again. I like that as a pickup. As a wide receiver, I'll come back to something that Mung mentioned with the Colts offense and Gardner Minshew. I'd see if you can go get Josh Downs. We talked about him a lot during the offseason. See if you could get him for maybe a, a mid, late second. I think we're going to see him get worked um, quite a bit in that slot position there for Indianapolis. So um, those are some nice moves. And then I think that Javante Williams, just out of sight, out of mind, being, being hurt, coming back into a Denver offense that is going to be playing from behind. I think he is going to get dump-offs galore. I do think Jaleel McLaughlin has kind of earned a spot on the team, and they may use P. Ryan, but Javante will go back to being the 1A in that offense, and I'm just imagining all the receptions and targets he's going to get and could still be the goal line guy there in Denver. So I think this is definitely looking good. So, you know, again, that's my legal advice. As your lawyer, I definitely ask you to pay attention to all that, that we gave you here on the show tonight. It's been been fun, Dad. Hey, thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.